Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Chrysell, and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, repeated at 11, and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and at Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm, coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Hi, Neil. How, how are we doing uh, by coastal this morning or this afternoon, well, this evening? As you, know, as you know, I am in New York City and... Uh, my biggest concern is after living in Santa Barbara for 22 years and eliminating my New York accent by being here for four days, I think I may have uh, picked it up again. I don't know. I don't think so. But there's always the that's why I hate to go back here because, you know, I think you don't have any accents. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you're you. all good. I'm like a Midwestern person. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Speaking of the Midwest, <laughs> we have, you know, Someone who hails from Michigan with us today, we have Pam Tanase, who is the co-founder of Work Zones here in Santa Barbara. Pam, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm excited to be on your show. So uh, luckily, the Wall Street Journal uh, gets delivered to New York. So I was able to get some, some, some articles. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal of Friday, and the uh, title of it is Regulators Watch sustainable investing. Uh, and ESG funds uh, uh, have been offering money managers a chance to differentiate themselves and raise uh, and raise their margins by charging more for index tracking funds that are um, investing in sustainable uh, companies. Uh, but scrutiny uh, recently has shown that uh, they're not all doing what they're saying they're doing. And uh, a recent study by two Harvard professors uh, that examined 100 uh, companies uh, found that uh, a large percentage are uh, making this commitment mostly for show. And uh, the SEC is now getting involved saying, uh, if you're going to advertise that you're investing in sustainable companies, then you actually have to prove it. And the I next order, yeah, go ahead a great point on um, you know ESG investing because when people are investing in it socially responsible means something different to everyone and so what's really important for clients as well as advisors who are working with their clients mm. is for the companies that are managing these ESG portfolios to be transparent in what they're investing in because it does truly have a different impact depending upon the person and, and what they're hoping to eliminate by investing in ESG companies. And, and the second article just continues on in this theme. It's really interesting. Uh, the article in the New York Times uh, takes a look at Toyota and BMW's uh, uh, it, it, uh, sustainable uh, it commitments. And uh, what they're pointing out in this article is that you can't look at a product at a company based on a very narrow definition. So for example, Tesla is more uh, environmentally friendly than Toyota and BMW with their hybrids versus the Tesla electric car. If you just look at the period between the purchase and the sale, but if you take into account the manufacturer and the ultimate destruction of the auto when the auto is no longer of use, it turns out that Toyota and BMW are better uh, for the environment because the uh, battery that's in the Tesla uh, takes so much more uh, uh, carbon to produce. And when you uh, trash it, it has all kinds of environmental issues. So one of the issues that I think the SEC, based on that last article, is going to be looking at is what's called life cycle carbon emission uh, which is what Toyota and BMW are bringing up. You have to look at the entire life cycle of the product. 
And it's really difficult as an investor to be able to sparse that information out of these annual reports and figuring out what people are investing in and, and what they're actually looking at. Is it just the electric why you own it or is it that entire life cycle? That's a very good point. Um, in the, in the, in the uh, Saturday's Wall Street Journal, um, the uh, title of this article is the latest IRS headache, 11 million math errors notices. And what a, a math error notice is a notice that the IRS sends to a taxpayer that says you owe X amount, but because it's termed math error, they don't give you a reason. They just say you made a mistake or we owe you money or, or, or uh, you owe us money and you have X amount of time to pay with no information about it. And um, the problem is twofold. Uh, number one, uh, there are so few agents now it's almost impossible to get in touch with the IRS. And so the clock starts ticking when you get this notice. And if you don't uh, pay it, you're going to start earning penalties, even though you have no idea. So, for example, in the article, it says that uh, a former IRS lawyer now with a professional services uh, firm had a, has a client that had a math error for $154,000 in their AMT calculation. But there was no explanation as to why. Um, and because they hadn't been able to get in touch with the IRS, they didn't pay it. And the case is now in collection. So it's a real problem for uh, taxpayers, uh, financial planners, and accountants. You know, how do you advise your client if you get a bill like that with no information? It's very true. However, living in Santa Barbara, the word on the street is we have two brand new husband and wife IRS team together. They've been here now four years, so you might have a better shot at reaching one of them. Always better off living in Santa Barbara. I can't wait to get on the airplane tomorrow. Um, here's so one. That, leave he, mosquitoes back in, in uh, New York. Right. So sales of risky company debt jumped to a monthly high. Um, securities backed by risky corporate loans set a new monthly record in August. Uh, uh, these collateralized loan obligations uh, with junk credit ratings uh, were uh, $18.7 billion. And this, the article goes on to say, it's a notable reversal from last year when the pandemic set in, but it's also a reversal from what happened in 2009 and 2010 when everyone realized that a good reason a good part of the reason for the financial crisis was these collateralized loan obligations collateralized mortgage obligations all these derivatives which um you know were not really um you know the idea of of taking a bunch of uh c-rated uh financial instruments putting them together and coming up with the idea that their a's didn't really work out too well for us and here we go again yeah, that will be a real a real problem when you have CLOs again making making a heyday of you know being A rated by their underlying C rated or lower. Let's hope and, we're not. And this is a companion article, um, actually from a different newspaper. But it said this makes sense. It says first time issue is fuel junk bond rally. So what you now are seeing is that companies like Michael's Stores and Square that are have very very low ratings and no earnings uh, are. Um, uh, going out into the junk bond market to raise money and are succeeding. So there are uh, companies for the first time being able to raise money in the bond market because uh, there is now a way to uh, collateralize these and sell them out to the public. Well, and if you think about it from the company's standpoint is there's more cash out there through the stimulus programs than ever coupled with the fact the interest rates are so low that even as a junk rated company, you're able to still have very low repayment interest rates that, you know, as, as the corporations that are rated as junk, not as the investor, it's, it's a smart idea to go out and get that cash now before interest rates start rising. And the final article, I hate to end on, on this negative note is further, uh, 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 illustration of the risk appetite, even in the bond market, and that is uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have pretty strict rules as to what they'll uh, buy from mortgage uh, uh, originators. And now we're finding that 
there is a you know vibrant market. Uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan are now uh, buying loans that do not qualify for Fannie Mae. They don't conform conform to the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac standards, and they're providing a market so that people can start making these you know subpar loans. And all I can say is, uh, here we go again. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the kellymarshteam.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadapted.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290. Or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. If you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having with us Pam Tanasi, who is one of the co-founders of WorkZones here in Santa Barbara. Pam, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks. I'm excited to be here today. So, so tell us a little bit about WorkZones, and then we'll transition into a little bit about you, just so that everybody listening can, can know what we're talking about today. Sure. So WorkZones, we are what I call an alternative flex co-working space, and we have offices, meeting rooms, conference rooms, co-working areas, event areas that basically are here to support businesses and professionals and just people in general live their best lives in regard to how they balance what they do at work and where they work, and then being able to get super focused work done while they're working so that they can go and just enjoy the rest of life out here in Santa Barbara and all that this, you know, great city has to offer. So now, so how, how does it, how does this differ from WeWork? I, I, that's the only, th- what I don't really understand. There is differences. How does this differ from their model? So I think, um, some of the main differences between the WeWork model and our model is we're in, it's, it's not necessarily a B market, but we're not in, you know, an A market like New York City, LA, San Francisco. We're not in those major cities taking a whole entire building that has multiple floors. So we're, you know, more of a suburban market and we're trying to provide the same kind of amenities that a WeWork would be providing businesses in a major city but two people out in this area. 
So now, what, how how long has um, work zones? I have no concept of time since the COVID had right? the COVID uh, break of my brain and, and the, how I mark time. How long has work zones been in Santa Barbara? We opened up in 2012, and when we first opened, we had about 5,000 square feet, and we've recently expanded to just under 15,000 square feet. With the final part of our expansion finishing um, in April of 2020. And so a lot of people haven't seen our entire space completed because of the COVID pandemic and, you know, a lot of the offices and in-person events shutting down. Not everyone has had a chance to see the completed space. Well, that's really great. Congratulations. Thank you. You have three co-founders along with yourself who founded WorkZones. How did you come up with the idea? And I see that one of the common threads is that three of you went to Claremont McKenna College. And so share with us how this happened. Was it you all having dinner and, and coming up with this idea or, or what, how, how, did, how, did, how did you come to work zones? Sure, so yeah, my husband, Kurt Peacock and my really great friend, Lisa Riolo, we all were at Claremont McKenna at the same time. And Mike Franco, who is our other co-founder, he happened to go to Pomona College which is also one of the Claremont Colleges. He was just there a couple years before we were there. Uh, but he and Kirk, they did work together here in Santa Barbara. And at the time, we all were what you might just call an independent professional or a solopreneur where we had businesses that we were involved with that didn't have physical offices. And so we were working outside of our homes and we were just looking for different um, opportunities to expand our entrepreneurial spirit and started talking about some of the challenges we were encountering working from home. And both Mike and Lisa said, oh, you know, we heard of this thing called co-working. And Kirk and I asked, well, explain what does that mean? And they said, you know, where people have this extra space in their office and they kind of rent it out to other people to use when they need it so that you get a professional place to work, but you don't have to have a you know long-term lease and things like that. And so we're like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And so we decided to go check it out. And we went up to San Francisco and looked at some of the early co-working spaces up there, looked at some others across different parts of the country and decided, hey, we don't really have anything like that here in Santa Barbara. Let's let's do it. Let's find out find a way for us to not have to always just be working out of our home and get to be around other, you know, like-minded entrepreneurs and offer it up to the city. So when you say offer it up to the entrepreneurs, I guess uh, one of the things that WeWork did was to look at this as simply a real estate transaction, and it didn't matter what business you're in. I get the sense that this, you're closer to an incubator than you are to a, the, the, the work, uh, uh, WeWork model. That is, there, there's elements here of uh, collaboration. Is that is that true between between tenants? Sure. Sure. We... Um we don't have a lot of what I would call enterprise business businesses here in our in our um, actual physical space, but we have a lot of professionals who are in our space. We have lawyers, we have accountants, we have um, IT people, we have tech, we have small tech companies, we have small engineering companies, and we have a lot of what I would call remote workers. So again, professionals who are working for a company whose headquarters aren't here in Santa Barbara, um, but they are here in Santa Barbara and this is where their home is. Um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of different kinds of people who are working out of our space. And the fun part is, is just getting to know everybody and what they do and finding ways, like you said, to collaborate. And it, pro it provides some of that um, sense of community that you get when you're working for a company, you get that while you're here. Um, without some of the drama, though. <laughs> so given that, you know, that community has really been put on hold the last, you know, gosh, almost we're going on a year and a half, almost two years. How has work zones weathered the pandemic? And what do you see kind of moving into that this next phase of the pandemic? Sure. The um Sure, the pandemic caught all of us a little bit by surprise. And I remember distinctly when we got those first uh, lockdown orders thinking, oh, this will be over probably by May. 
And so it's just this very short term time where there's just no one here in this space. And we had a lot of uh, meeting and event reservations booked for that time as well as for the rest of the year. And that was the majority of the calls I was getting is everybody canceling their their in-person meetings. And so has that since picked back up and, and how has that affected your bottom line, especially given the fact that you were embarking upon this, you know, expansion concurrently? Yeah, so we have seen a slight uptick in in the meetings and especially in June when the mask mandate was lifted, we saw a lot more people come back. And as they've been reintroduced, people have been a little bit more hesitant, which is why we see just kind of a new kind of meeting happening, which in the industry is called a hybrid meeting. And a hybrid meeting is different than an in-person meeting and it's different than an online meeting. It's it's hybrid where there's some people in the room and then there's some people not in the room. And the trick is learning how to manage those kinds of meetings effectively, just like we had to learn from how to go from in-person to online and now from online to hybrid. And that's kind of the new phase that we're seeing in, in how meetings are gonna go for the future. Do you, do you help uh, your attendants, is there a, uh, educational uh, seminars uh, uh, to uh, give them ideas about how to improve how they work? Yeah, so the media, we definitely can do that kind of mentoring and workshops and things like that. And what we have done, um, we've done a lot of research in the last couple of months to see how are people, how are people doing this in the industry? And it really comes down a lot to physically how you have your room set up and what kind of equipment you have in the room, cameras, microphones, speakers. Like I said, the layout is gonna be a little bit different now in rooms as to where you have your um, kind of like big TV monitor and how people are looking directly at the screen. So in the past when we had meetings um, and people were also dialing in, everyone would have their laptop set in front of them and everyone's looking at their laptop and maybe one person is talking. That's really not how it will be in the future. In the future, you know, you're definitely gonna have a laptop in the room that someone is controlling, but people are gonna be looking at a common screen and someone's gonna be kind of running the meeting in the background to make sure that the people who are not in the room have as much presence as the people in the room. That's kind of an equitable exchange of ideas that are happening. So in addition to what we'll have physically in the space, the different online platforms like Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Cisco WebEx, they've all upgraded their platforms for it to be more of a collaborative, equal experience because they know this is the wave of the future and that as time goes on, there will be more and more events and workshops and meetings where some people are there physically and some people aren't. I'm sure you, you do a great job because I'm looking at you on Zoom and you're very well lit. So I'm, you, must have, you must know what you're doing. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service, every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. The Land Trust for Santa Barbara County conserves natural resources, agricultural land, and open spaces for the benefit of present and future generations. Here's Executive Director Meredith Hendricks. What we're trying to do at the Land Trust is protect land forever. Agriculture, conservation, habitat, recreation. Our mission is to sustain the beauty and the habitat, the recreation, and the agriculture values throughout Santa Barbara County, every part of it. We'd love to have you sign up for our newsletter and our 
electronic newsletter. You can do that through our website, svlandtrust.org. We love telephone calls and, and also write me a handwritten note if you'd prefer, and I'll write you back. Our website is the best place to sign up for regular updates about our work, svlandtrust.org. To learn more about the Land Trust for Santa Barbara County and their efforts to preserve natural resources and agricultural land, go to sblandtrust.org or call 805-966-4520. Community alert, not if, but when disaster strikes. Join Ted Adams and Mike Williams for Community Alert, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Community Alert, where guests discuss local issues, including prevention, emergency preparation, evacuations, and information flow before, during, and after emergencies and incidents. Community Alert, heard on AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So, Pam, uh, you know, last segment, I kind of jumped right back in into what Work Zones was, but let's take a step back and talk a little bit about you. And so you have 30 years of team building and operation experience. So tell us about your background and how you made it from Michigan to Claremont McKenna and, and what, what is your background? Sure, yeah, I um, was really excited to get out of the cold weather and to go someplace. counts for everyone on this, on this radio show today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was really excited about going to college out here and I figured if I went to college out here, finding a job in California would be a lot easier than if I went to school someplace else. So after graduating, I, I did like a real job for a couple months and realized that like a real job was a little scary to me. And so I went back and got my teaching credential and my master's in education. And so I started teaching and coaching swimming and water polo, which were sports that I did at Claremont McKenna as well as diving. And I got really, really lucky that Claremont McKenna um, needed a new women's swimming and water polo coach. So after a couple of years of teaching, I transitioned and started coaching at my alma mater and spent about 10 years there, building my teams there, recruiting people and you know taking them from one level to the next. Got to take my water polo team from a club team to an NC2A varsity team and you know, things like that. So it was because of coaching is how I got to Santa Barbara. And I uh, was the women's water polo coach at UCSB for a couple years. And that's what brought uh, me and my family here. And I, um, you know, as, as much as I loved coaching, it was really a challenging career to have with two really little kids and a husband who worked full time. So, um, so I stopped doing that and we took a little tiny break from Santa Barbara and went and lived down in the Pacific Palisades and quickly realized um, that that wasn't the lifestyle that we really liked and wanted to have our family in that sort of Hollywoodish type lifestyle. So we decided we wanted to come back to Santa Barbara and wanted to figure out a way that we could come back and sustain being here and figure the best way to do that would be to have our own business. So at that speak, time we got, oh, go ahead. As speaking of family, you, you work with your husband. Uh, yes. And we always like to ask our guests who have a uh, familiar uh, partnership, both with their uh, home life and their uh, business. Uh, it, does that create problems that, uh, uh, that you didn't anticipate or is, is your team building, you could build a good team with your husband too. I mean, what's the, t the tension that uh, comes about? Or the special sauce because it works. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was something that we really weren't prepared for in terms of how do you make that work uh, when you're always together. And um, to be honest, the whole work zones thing kind of was helping 
giving each uh, giving ourselves each our own space to um to do to do work and not be like so physically close to each other um but yeah that takes a little bit of time and it's been a work in progress but i'm i'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish and a big part of our success was um kind of dividing and conquering and recognizing this is the stuff in my wheelhouse this is the stuff in your wheelhouse we'll come together and collaborate when we need to but you do your thing and I'll do my thing and then at the end of the day somehow we've got to like take our work hats off and put our family hats back on uh take a deep breath and and get to being with the kids again and being husband and wife so uh always a work in progress though Right. Because now I, I can imagine when the kids were younger, it was easier because you had to talk about lo the logistics of their lives and what have you. But now that they've both, you know, they're both out of the house and you're empty nesters, really, you know, how, is it harder, do you think, now to find that you're not talking, find a way to not talk about work? You know, that's really interesting because there's a lot of times where we will have purposely not seen each other during the day. And then you come home and you kind of want to talk about work <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe we, we did it, shouldn't do that and take a little break from that. So yeah, we have to be really conscientious about when we work and when we decide not to work. And to be fair, that kind of goes right along with sort of the ideals of work zones is trying to help create those boundaries so that work and life aren't constantly merged together and that you're not just always working. I think that's a great point because I know for myself through the, throughout the pandemic, now that I've transitioned back to my office, I find myself a lot less efficient and um, um, realize that a lot of my time is spent, you know, bil building rapport back with my team. But gosh, am I feeling behind the eight ball because I'm not getting all the stuff that I was getting done when I just walked from my house to my office and my, you know, my garage. And so it's one of those things where I, I think it's a, a difficult uh, balancing act. And yeah, so I, I want yeah, to I, ask you is, do you find that as people are coming back, are they spending more time chatting with their, you know, I guess the co co-working people or are they, you know, heads down? What are you seeing the atmosphere and what's being right now? Yeah, so I think um, there's always those moments where people are head down, really focused getting their work done. And, but then there's, everyone just needs a little bit of break. It's, it's hard to go, you know, eight hours in a row without taking a break. And it's really nice to be able just to get up and stretch a little bit and go walk around and get some coffee and on your way, you happen to run into a couple different people and you sort of chit chat just for a little bit. Um, our hosts, we have really great people that work for us. And that's one of the main things I think that they do as well is they provide an outlet for people to come and just chat. And so they know that they're not really bothering the hosts and they just come and they talk. It's like when you go to your favorite uh, coffee shop and the barista knows your order and knows your name that sort of thing. It's the same sort of thing here where our hosts know who's working here and, you know, how they like to communicate and when they need a break and just want to chit chat about something. And we just provide those little breaks for people throughout the day. How do you handle, how do you handle your, the COVID protocol? Do people have to wear masks in the office? So when people are in kind of our common areas or interacting with our staff, we ask people to have their masks on. Um, kind of in compliance with the latest masking policies. If they're in their own space, you know, they don't have to have a mask on in their offices or if they're in a meeting room by themselves, they don't have to have a mask on. Um, I think we have like little signs that people want to put up that they have been vaccinated. But in general, everyone's very conscientious of, of like where they are in terms of spacing. And we have a lot of space. And so people don't, you know, purposely sit right next to each other. They'll space themselves out. And I think people have, um, are also really good too about recognizing if they're sick, not coming in and, you know, impacting everybody else and washing hands and using hand sanitizer and things like that. Now, do you have any vaccination policy? No, we don't, we don't have a vaccination policy. Um, when, 
the masking mandate had changed and people who were vaccinated didn't have to wear masks and those that were not vaccinated had to wear masks, we asked people to self-attest. Anecdotally, I think almost everybody is vaccinated because they would tell me about it, how excited they were to get vaccinated. But, um, But we don't have any hard, fast rules about it. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. We can help him Hi, I'm Eddie Tadouri. I'm the founder of the Rhythmic Arts Project, or TRAP as it's better known. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the work we've been doing during this time of Corona. Our virtual classes have been reaching out and inspiring students around the world, as well as right here at home. Our primary objective is to promote the inclusion of people with different abilities, as well as their typical peers in all aspects of everyday life. Like everyone struggling to make ends meet in our nonprofit world, we depend on donations from folks like you. Please review the website at traplearning.org and give what you can. I'm very grateful. Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB. We're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. So, Pam, you know, with the talk of people permanently working remotely or, you know, having to go into a physical office space once a month or or something along those lines... What effect, if any, do you think it will have on work zones? So I think um, it's really interesting to see some of the impact that has already happened and and how that's sort of foreshadowing, I think, for the for the future. One of the trends that we saw throughout the year um, that I really hadn't anticipated was the number of people, and I'll call them remote workers, who because of the pandemic can work from wherever, chose to come to Santa Barbara for a month or for two months or for six months and just kind of leave wherever they were living and come to Santa Barbara to live for a short amount of time. And during that time, they needed a place to work. And we would see a lot of those people come into our space. And it might be they would come in for a day office or they might want to use a meeting room some of them did some co-working too. Some of them like, you know, hey, I need an office for a month. And we can be really flexible with people in the amount of time and where physically they are in the space. I think that's going to continue a lot. In addition, the other thing we're seeing when it comes to remote work is people who are working for companies in this Central Coast area who maybe haven't opened up their offices or are rethinking how many days a week or, or whatever, people are going to physically be in the office, but they recognize that just working from home isn't good for all employees. And they're trying to come up with some alternatives for them that the company pays for. So for example, 
we had a woman who was in on a on a day pass because her company said, hey, I'm going to get you X number of day passes that you can use to go co-working because you're in a teeny tiny apartment and that's not conducive for you doing really good work. So I see that trend continuing quite a bit as companies try to figure out the whole idea of what their perfect work model is going to be going forward and recognizing that flexibility is really the key to everything, not just in what they offer, but for each individual person. Because for some, working at home works well. For others, working at home is terrible. For some people, meeting online is okay. But for others, the kind of work they need to get done, it really needs to be done in person. But it doesn't mean they have to do it every single day. And the whole idea of flexibility and sort of this idea of you work how you want to work, when you want to work that way, fits perfectly with our model. And so what is, what is your membership model? How, how does one become a, a member? Sure. So we have, yeah, so we have two different kind of paths people can choose. They can be a member where they're going to come in on a somewhat regular basis. It could be where they come into an office every single day. It could be they come into co-working a couple times a week. It could be they use the office rooms, uh, the, the meeting rooms, like on a regular basis. Then we have what we call just on demand, where people can come in when it suits them. We have day passes. We have day offices. You know, our meeting rooms, you can reserve them by the hour or by the day. So it's very, very flexible. And people can usually find a product that works really well with their budgets as well as with just how they work. So can we talk about uh, own zone, which is uh, a monthly dedicated desk plan. Uh, and if you look at the monthly charge for that, how does that compare with uh, going out and renting space for yourself? So if, if you multiply the own zone by, by 12, that is you want to stay for the whole year, is, is it price competitive with finding your own space? I know there's a zillion advantages besides. Oh, sure. Just- yeah, I think part of it... Y- to, ha- to compare apples to apples, you have to sort of recognize that there are certain things that we provide that it, you would have to pay for on your own if it was your own office. So things like internet, coffee, printing, paper, potentially even someone to greet guests, all those kinds of things we take care of. So that's sort of built into the cost. So if you just look like square foot comparing our office to this office here by yourself. Yeah, it might look like we're charging a little bit more depending on where it is. But then there's also a lot of expenses that we take care of, as well as the fact that you don't have to make a long-term commitment. And that's one of the biggest pluses is you're not signing a lease for a year. Um, You can, but that's not really how our model works. It's really more month to month. And so you have ultimate flexibility of of when you are coming in, when you're starting and when you're stopping without feeling... um, like you're overly committed to something as your business changes. But I suppose if you are on a monthly lease, you, you can stay there as long as you want. You know, you're not going to rent it from out, out from under them. Correct. Correct. And so is there an option where you can rent the same office so you could leave your belongings in said office? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The people who have the offices, you know, say on a monthly reoccurring basis, it's their office. They have the keys. They have access to the space seven days a week, you know, 24 hours a day. Their stuff gets left in their office. It's locked and secure. And so, um, so yeah, it, it, it operates just like a general office would in that, in that sense. And yet they still get like a, almost like a reception area and coffee and what have you. So if they were, a meeting that the people would exceed the space, they would then have to rent the bigger meeting room space in addition to their monthly office. Right, right. But as an office member, the rates for rent for using the meeting rooms and the conference rooms is significantly less than if you're not a member in general. So how do you count that way? Besides word of mouth, how do you promote your business? We try to go to a lot of different events back when there were events. Um, and now we go to you know virtual <laughs> events. <laughs> so a lot of it really is networking and getting to, to know different people and then um, their referrals as well. That's really the most successful way for us to find others. And then again, just referrals in general um, from the people who are working here. 
because, you know, our members want to bring in people like themselves and people that they know. So that really helps. And then obviously on the internet, internet searches and things like that, people can find us. Uh, do you have expansion plans to go to more buildings? We would love to do that. Um, we just need to find, you know, the right business partners in different areas, especially here in the Central Coast. That's probably where we would expand to first and then try to go out uh, nationally. That's something that we'd, we would really like to do. That was kind of always the goal. But why, why would you need partners? I mean, the office space market's pretty difficult now. I would imagine landlords would be very receptive. Yeah, that's true. And, and actually, one of the partners really would be the landlord themselves. And that's one of the new trends with, um, with our industry is partnering with the landlords to offer the service. So rather than a traditional lease, it would be more of a management agreement where you come in and you manage their flex space for them. And rather, and you, you know, you keep a portion of the, you keep the management fee and they are the ones who are really like the business owner, if you will. And that's, that's really how a lot of the big companies like the WeWorks and the Industrious, that's the only kind of arrangement that they'll go into now with different, um, and different buildings is as a management agreement. And some and of the in, big- In that type of arrangement, who's, who's responsible for the cost of the build out, the landlord? Yes, yes. You know, the thing, the thing about this show that I like is I was about to interrupt Diane and ask her the exact same question, Diane. See Pretty that we think alike. <laughs> yeah. uh, believe it or not, we will be right back with our final segment. You're listening to Money Talk on KZSB 1290. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. National Grandparents Day is observed in September, recognizing their growing importance to the survival of many American families. Grandparents are increasingly part of the year-round household for many children. About 7 million grandparents have their grandchildren living with them, meaning 8.5% of America's 72.7 million minors live with a grandparent. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So Pam, as a local entrepreneur yourself, share with us how WorkZones supports other businesses and gives back to our community. Yeah, so we have always tried to find local businesses in town that we can support. And even just from picking this location where we chose to put work zones, a lot of it was because we were going to be right in the heart of downtown. 
so that people, when they are going to lunch, have lots of local choices to choose from that are all within walking distance. And there's all sorts of places to, um, you know, there's entertainment and restaurants and wineries and things like that. So that was kind of from the beginning why we chose to be downtown. But above and beyond that, we have tried to find different companies here in town that we can have like their products in our space. So we have some Dune coffee now. We have some Kaje coffee now. Old Town Galita coffee is moving downtown. And as soon as they're there, they're going to be another partner for us in the coffee that we provide for our members and our guests. So that's one way. Another way we like to give back to is helping just the entrepreneurs in the area with mentorship. So we've had SCORE here in the past and they plan to come back once these COVID restrictions are listed or lifted so that they'll do their workshops here as well as the one-on-one mentoring that they offer that will all be housed here at work zones. We have nonprofits that we give, you know, either give our conference room away or give them super, super low pricing so that they can do their board meetings and different sort of volunteer appreciation events here in the space. Earlier during COVID, we had just communities here. They had a school, the Adelante Charter School, where they needed to have a physical space for the kids to um, do classwork during the day. So they were here for a couple months and we donated the space to them so that they could offer in-person education. So we're always looking for different businesses to partner with that um, we have synergy with as well as it just supports the community in general. Well, and I think it's important to note that you are located downtown in, and I'm assuming that you've expanded into the old social security space, correct? On that second floor, which most people in Santa Barbara have visited, whether they wanted to or not. Exactly. so what's the best way for somebody who's listening to the show who thinks, gosh, you know, I would love to check this out. What would they do? Would they, if they wanted to look at it first, would they call you? Would they set up an appointment? And how would they get in touch with you? Sure. So we're open Monday through Friday from eight to five. So people can just drop in if they choose to. But if they want to learn more before actually physically coming to the space, they can go to our website at workzones.com. And on our website, there's different contact forms that they can fill out that gets directly sent to me. And then I'm happy to talk to anybody about seeing the space, doing a tour, checking it out, working for a day, any kind of questions that they have. I'm happy to work with anybody. Well, that's great. Well, you know, Pam, I think it's been such a, you know, it's been such a enhancement to our community. I have several friends who are members at Work Zones and think the world of you guys and really appreciate well, thank you and the service and that camaraderie that it um, provides. And I wish you the best of luck in your expanded location because 15,000 square feet in Santa Barbara is a lot of space. And so, you know, anyone out there listening that needs a place to work, give uh, look Pam up on workzones.com. And thanks so much for, for being our guest today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It was really nice. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you all next week. It's 3.30.